Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 18 of the Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert. I'll be doing the color commentary for the Phoenix once the season starts on AUDL-TV. I'm joined by my regular partner in crime, Alexander Shaggy. Shragus. Shag, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm hiding under a blanket to make it sound as not echoey as possible where I'm recording. Well done, Shaggy. See, the, the, the length that we go to for you, the listeners, to get the best possible product out there. And one of the other lengths we've gone to is we have a very special guest on for episode 18 of The Burning Bird. Um, he's new to Philadelphia. He's been the talk of the Atlantic Division, if not the league, so far this season. The big signing from the Philadelphia Phoenix, Alex Thorne. Alex, thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so we're we're gonna we're gonna sit down here with with Alex and Shaggy. We're gonna we're gonna break down what it was about the Phoenix this year that drew Alex, Alex Thorne and his talents down to South Philadelphia. To come play for the for the Phoenix. I mean, does that sound weird to you to hear that that you're going to be playing in South Philly? Uh, it's a little weird, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Now, now you've been to the new stadium for for a practice or two, I believe. Uh, what is what are your what are your initial thoughts on the new stadium? Oh, honestly, I haven't been there. There was one oh. practice there, and I was out of town that weekend. Oh, okay. So, so I haven't seen it in person, but I mean, I know exactly where it is. Uh, and and I'm pumped. I, that's just, I think it's gonna make it so much more accessible for fans and friends and family and everyone. Uh, I'm really excited about it. All right. Well, I mean, so uh, what was it about the Phoenix that 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 actually wanted made you want to play for them this year? Like, what got the ball rolling? Like, who who approached whom? Um, I mean, obviously, I've talked to a lot of the Philly Frisbee guys, and people have been encouraging encouraging me all over the place, but uh, definitely most of the credit goes to, to coach Dave Hansen. Uh He had reached out and we had chatted a few times uh, just like around at rec leagues and whatever. And, and earlier, I want to say maybe it was January or February. He was, I saw him at winter league. I think it was. And he was like, Oh, we should go out for a beer and, and talk about the UDL season. And so we ended up doing that. Uh, my fiance and I went out and met with him and, his girlfriend at the time. Now they are engaged as well. And we had a really fun night and uh, he kind of broke it all down for me and, and got me pretty excited about it. All right. All right. And the, the, it's it's funny how those little connections can, can, can go such a long way. Um, when, when did you decide that, yes, you know what, I'm going to try out and I'm going to see, I'm going to throw my name into the ring. How, how soon um, after that? I, it was it was pretty soon after that. I think I maybe I think that was maybe a few weeks before the first tryout, and then I went to the tryout, which was in the pen bubble, and it was super fun. Um, and then it was just a few weeks after that that I that I fully decided I was in. It, it was mostly um, just chatting with him and going through our our weekend schedule for the year, which of course now is completely shot, but just trying to make sure that the schedules were going to line up well enough for me to make everything that, that we wanted to make. Well, I, well a, a quick aside to the to the questions there. How, how are you handling the, uh, the the time off? I mean, what are you doing to stay in shape? And uh, <laughs> what, what, what does, what does, uh, what does a player like Alex Thorne do by himself? And is like when he, when he's got all this time on his hands? <laughs> well, luckily we have a few guys on the team that really know what they're doing. Um, so they've sent out they've sent out a, a living room friendly workout regimen 
Uh, it's uh, mostly Ian Dietrich and, and Greg Martin that are leading the charge there. Does and it, so we it, have some stuff. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask you if it involved snow tires, because Mike Arcata <laughs> has been lifting snow tires in his living room. Just wanted to let us I, – I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure that Greg Martin approved – Workout regimen, but uh, I, I, have, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. I've, I've seen the videos of the snow tires. Uh, I don't have any tires in my apartment. I've been using uh, cases of seltzer water. It's <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> my version of the tires for for a smaller person. Right. I got you. So what else? What else have you been doing? What else have you been able to get me throwing in? We know that's your forte. <sighs> no, I haven't thrown a frisbee in in almost two weeks now, probably. <laughs> Yeah, so that's not that's not ideal, obviously, but anyway, you know, making the most of what we can right now, just trying to stay in shape. All right, all right. Um, so uh, we're, we're 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 friends. I'm I'm very good friends with Trent Dillon, who oh, nice. was was your old teammate in uh, at at the University of Pittsburgh, and. Yes, sir. And 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 he's he's actually sent me a quick text um, about his. He wants to know a little bit more about your performance in 2012 Nationals against Wisconsin, where you you just they they were going to try to shut you down and you shredded them anyway. And uh, <laughs> like what what do you what do you he, he's curious to know what of your strategy was, and he also wants me to ask how much do you miss Tyler DiGirolamo. <laughs> Oh, very good questions. Um, I mean, first of all, for the last question, a lot. I I miss him a lot. We obviously chat all the time. Still, we're really good friends. But I definitely miss playing with him. That was we had a lot of good times back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean that game was you know, that was definitely one of my better games in my career. And I mean strategically, I don't I don't really remember that much detail. I remember it being windy. And they were playing a bunch of zone, and they were trying to be really, really aggressive up front with with their cup in the zone. And so I was able to get a few shots over the top of them that I remember breaking us out and, and getting us a couple easy scores. But other than that, it was yeah. I mean, it was just I had obviously Ty and a lot, my brother, a lot of other incredible receivers. So I was just throwing it out there and letting guys make plays. Well, that's what uh, one of the questions I did. Like as a, as a, another quick aside, what what did make you and Tyler so so dynamic? What was it like? Because you, you guys seem to be on another level as far as being on the same page and uh, and on, on the field and uh, and it, it just seems like yeah, you both knew what you were going to do well in advance before either one of you did it. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely some truth to that. I mean. Obviously, we played together for a number of years, so he so he did know what I what I liked in terms of you know spaces on the field to put it out to, and but I would say maybe even the bigger thing than that is that he was just such an aggressive downfield cutter. He would just go no matter what. It didn't matter if there was if they were backing him or if there was someone else in his way. He was just going to take the space and own it, and and it made it so easy to throw to. 
Now, is there is there someone on the Phoenix that you've kind of developed a little bit of that type of rapport with thus far, or can you see a rapport developing with a player that's on the team right now? I'm not saying that someone's going to be able to fill Tyler DiGirolamo's shoes by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, those are some very big shoes to fill. Um, however, do you, do you are you finding yourself fitting in a little bit and developing a rapport with some of the players, especially on offense? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty frustrating with this with this kind of hiatus now because I feel like we were just starting to find some grooves. You know, we've only had a few practices, but but I'm definitely starting to get get things clicking with Sean Mott. I mean, he's incredible, and he he knows he just knows generally spaces to attack so quickly, and he's so fast. Um, but he, I mean, yeah, he's a little guy like me, so it's not necessarily a comparison to Tyler. Um, Probably closer to that would be Greg Martin. He's just a monster of an athlete. And obviously, you know, we haven't had that much time to play together yet, but I'm sure we'll be finding him for some deep goals this season. So, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, it's been tough. You haven't been able to see much of each other because of the COVID situation. And there are a lot of new guys on the team. Have you been able to keep in touch and build rapport? What's the team been doing to sort of keep you guys together through these tough times? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we've got we've got our team group me uh, that's kind of blown up all the time. People, you know, posting their workouts, just posting silly stuff, whatever it is. Um, the the workout plan I mentioned before from for me and Greg has a few outdoor conditioning days. You know, running on some fields and stuff. And so we've been trying to meet up and you know, kind of run near each other, but not too close. And so once or twice we've got you know smaller groups of guys going out to to get some workouts together, but that's about all we can do right now. All right. So you're Alex, you, you, you have an extensive, uh, a college career. You, you won college nationals twice. Is is that, is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 2012 okay. and 13. All right. And, and then you, uh, you played for pony. Um, you played for the breeze in the AEDL. Um, the, yeah, the Thunderbirds. Don't forget and the, the Thunderbirds, yes. Don't yeah, how can I forget the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds? Oh yeah. Um, but uh, what what kind of experience do you can you? It's extensive, but you've been in a lot of big games in your career. Um, what kind of experience do you bring to the Phoenix and the offense uh, to help maybe calm things down or slow things down for the guys? So maybe things are a little bit easier for them this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of just said it right there. I hope I can, you know, bring a bit of a of a calming presence of just, you know, yeah, I've, I've played a lot of frisbee and then I've played in quite a few, you know, kind of high stakes games, and so I'm I'm used to that. And then, you know, getting back out there and in in the ADL setting in front of the fans and stuff, hopefully won't phase me these days. So I hope that that's a, a help to the offense to just kind of. Yeah, bring a calming element and have everyone realize, like, yeah, hey, we're still just out here playing frisbee. Like, it, it doesn't matter who we're against or where we are. We just got to do our thing. That's the yeah, that's the, that's the true answer from a from a, a great athlete is you just try to do the the best that you can, and no matter what the situation dictates, there. And that's that's exactly what the Phoenix need uh, from the handler position, especially this year. And it's uh, it's refreshing to hear that. So, uh, I mean. The, the the new Atlantic division in the AUDL, you got some travel going on. You got to go to Tampa. Uh, yeah. You got you got to play Atlanta. Um, but you have to have the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds 
circled on your calendar um, for for a myriad of reasons. What are you looking forward to in that game? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. I love those guys. I mean, it'll definitely be a little weird having to compete against them because I, you know, I played for them for a couple of years, and I, I love the organization. I love the owners and everyone there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be the competition once we're there, so got to go out and try to win. <laughs> Is there any other teams you're looking forward to playing? I, I'm I'm pretty excited about everyone in our division. I think the the Breeze are going to be fun because that's just obviously such a good team. And then and then the other three are all going to be fun because I've never played any of them before. Atlanta, Tampa, and Raleigh are all are all going to be new for me. Is there is there one in particular you're looking forward to more? I mean, definitely Raleigh, kind of for the same reason as the Breeze. They're just historically such a such a successful and talented team. It's always fun to go up against a, a team like that. All right. And uh, I, I guess I, I have a one final question for you there, Alex. I mean, are you a cheesesteak guy or are you Permani Brothers? Are you a cat <laughs> or, are you a, or, or do you like coleslaw on your food? I'm not quite sure. Where, where do you where do you see <laughs> in, in the pantheon of food for per city? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick strong sides here. I gotta be honest. I love them both. I, I gotta give the slight nod to cheesesteaks. So, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, the Permanis is perfectly good. I, I do enjoy it, but, you know, I'm not. I was never super big on the fries on the sandwich thing. I, I, I'll just take my fries on the side like a normal person, but it's <laughs> fine. It's still, like man. I said, it's still good, but. <laughs> All right, Chag, man, what do you, what do you, but what, uh, do you I got a, yeah, I got a couple of questions, but some of them are goofier than others. I'll save those ones for later. So when you <laughs> played for, when you played for DC and for Pittsburgh, you averaged about 25 points a game, uh, particularly in the playoffs. And to do that now, I mean, hopefully that would mean switching between offense and defense. Is that something that, I mean, I'm sure you've done it before in your career, but is that something that you're looking to do now? Or are you? Do you kind of have a groove that you want to fit in? Uh, I mean, honestly, it always is just going to be situational. I think. I mean, well, first of all, the ADL with the with the subbing on the timeouts gives the offensive guys more opportunities to come in on those switchouts. But for just regular D points in general, if you play in one game at a time, I think I have the legs to play some of both ways. But you know. We have so many good defenders that you have to you have to justify it. So if I can help on D, then I'm happy to do it. But if the if the D line is going to go out there and do their thing, then let them do it. Uh, and then I'm sure that you're an avid listener of the Burning Bird, as everyone is. And you, <laughs> yes, I think been, <laughs> I think you've been mentioned on every episode this season so far. Is that coverage kind of bothering you, or are you do you like being blown up like this? What's your take on the matter? <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't bother me at all, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of hype. It, nothing really matters until you're out on the field. It's it's kind of cool to see your name come up, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was, it was was probably cooler when I was, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. <laughs> at this point, it's like, well, it is what it is. Uh, so the Phoenix recently sent out, a, a you know, some – spirit of the Phoenix questions, and one of the questions on there was, who's your favorite athlete? I would say about 60% of it was LeBron, which makes sense, 
There are a couple mm-hmm. of answers in there that I never thought anyone would have said. Like uh, one person answered Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you're the only person. <laughs> you're the only person that answered uh, a soccer player. You said Messi. Um, that was. I mean, yeah. that really threw me for a loop. What What made you decide? Uh, he is probably the most well known athlete in the world. But what made you decide for Messi as your athlete to go to? Um, I mean, well, first of all, just I've become a really huge fan of of soccer in the last decade or so. Um, so that's, that's probably my favorite sport to watch. But then in particular for him, it's he's just doing things that have never been seen before. And you could make a similar case for LeBron, but not quite because you still have – there's more historical comparison with, with Jordan and Kobe and other guys like that. Messi's just been putting up numbers for, for so long that just don't make sense. It's almost like to an inhuman level – and then, and then the other part with him is that I, I really love how he, you know, he like you said, he's probably the most famous athlete in the world. I, I think he's unquestionably the, the most talented athlete out there. But he, is just like a quiet, reserved guy that in his personal life just does his thing. He's not huge in the media. He's not out there being arrogant. He's just, you know, he's just being himself, and I really respect that. Uh, and then my final question is. First, that was an amazing answer. It really, um, I was kind of throwing it out there as a joke, but I really liked the way that you put that. Uh, so I am also named Alex. And as a fellow Alex, oh, where would you rank? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a solid name. Where would you rank us, the two of us, on an all-time list of Alexes? So probably like the top is Alexander the Great, A-Rod's a oh, in there wow. somewhere. Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, it's. It's a pretty historical name. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of competition there. Sure, a lot of Zars named Alex. Yeah, true. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I can't. I can't imagine I'm going to be able to put us in the top half with that type of competition. But I like to think we're at least you know in the like 40th, 50th percentile there. That's uh, fair and very generous of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Shaggy? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we have just uh, random stuff around Philly, but I can't say we've ever really Allie, had a the conversation. La- the last time we met, the last time we met, we had a whole conversation about uh, red pants because Arcata's oh, going forward on the red pants. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that I forgot you were the there for that. Percentile. That was in the 30th percentile. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot you were there for that. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. We'll see how those turn out. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, uh, I mean, because if you if you had met Shaggy, you would you would have rated that much lower. That's for sure. Uh, that's cold, Steve. <laughs> Ouch. Well, you know, I mean, he said comparatively. I mean, Alex. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm only kidding. Only kidding, Shag. You know, you're my favorite, Alex. Thank you. Take that, Alex. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, you know, you guys are yep. boys. I can't compete with that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've been hanging out for a little while there. <laughs> so. By the way, uh, uh, there, Alex, I did play against your dad, Henry, for quite oh, a few yeah? years. Yeah, for uh, when he played for Three Rivers Flow, and I played for the uh, Philly Rage, um, and we matched up quite a few times. And I have a- <laughs> That's awesome. I have a tremendous amount of respect for your father, and uh, I, I always uh, watched. I watched. He was a very young 
child throwing the frisbee around the field after the, our games were over. And I thought, <laughs> I thought what a good players that both you and your and your brother were going to be. And uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it, it's very nice to see that you guys are still involved and playing at such a high level. And uh, you know what I mean? It's really going to be something to watch uh, watch you on the Phoenix this year. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm sure it's mutual. I'll tell my dad you say hey. No, 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 absolutely. For Alexander Shaggy Shragus, for Alex Thorne, I'm Steve Liner. Thank you for joining us on the Burning Bird. Hey, Phoenix fans. Right now, for a limited time only, head on over to AUDL.TV, pick up a subscription, and list the Philadelphia Phoenix as your favorite team, and you'll receive $10 in store credit to anything on the Philadelphia Phoenix team store. That's good for jerseys, it's good for hats, it's good for discs, and it's good for tickets to the game. Plus, you'll be able to get all caught up for the Phoenix Files Game of the Week on Friday. Now I'll send you back to Stephen Shaggy as they talk to Eric Nardelli, Phoenix Lifer and Phoenix Captain. Welcome, Phoenix fans, to the Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert. I do the, I'll be doing the color commentary for the Phoenix on AUDL.TV later this year when the league starts back up. I'm joined by my regular partner in crime, Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Shag, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing so well. So very well. Are you under your blanket? You know it. All right. Anywhere order, to help the sound. In order, in, anything we can do to enhance the listener experience on the Burning Bird, we are willing to do, including spending 45 minutes under a blanket with a microphone. Uh, we are joined. We are joined today. We, we, are, we are joined today by the Phoenix defensive captain. At number ninety-nine, Eric Nardelli. Uh, Nardelli, uh, I don't know, Eric. What do you want me to call you here during the podcast? What do, what do, what do, what do people call you? I mean, everyone calls me Nard for frisbee, so just call me Nard. It's weird to hear Eric on a frisbee field. I got you. <laughs> All, right. All right, Nard. Nard has been. You've been a member of the Phoenix since twenty fifteen, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, this is year six for me, so it's been a while. So now Eric Eric went to Carroll, and beforehand we were we were we were uh, before the podcast we were reminiscing about his days of the of the Radner versus Carroll uh, rivalry over here, and he had a he had a great story about uh, his first foray into competitive frisbee. Uh, do you want to uh, you want to talk about that, Eric a little, or Narden, a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I can talk about it. So uh, uh, you said you were playing. Head, you said you were playing baseball. I yeah, I played baseball uh, all four years at Archbishop Carroll, which is right down the street from uh, Radnor, where Steve is coaching at the time. This is 2011. Uh, one of my best friends tried to get me to quit baseball my senior year and play ultimate. Uh, he this would be the first year that Carroll had a Frisbee team, um, an official Frisbee team that could go to cities and states. And what happened was I played baseball, went to Frisbee when I didn't have baseball, which was very rare. But um, they were low for numbers on to go to the state champions. They qualified cities, and it was Memorial Day weekend, so they were low on numbers. Uh, my buddy states said, 
hey, all you need to do is sign up on the USAU website, and then you can come if you're free. So uh, I ended up going to states without even playing any other games the whole season, which is kind of crazy. But uh, we ended up coming in like 15. We only had 10 people there, but it was a ton of fun, and that's, I guess, how it all started. All right, then you uh, you moved on to the University of Delaware, and I guess you played Sideshow Ultimate there for, uh, for what, four or five years? I only – I actually didn't play my freshman year, uh, so I only played three years, my oh. sophomore through senior seasons. Yeah. All right, and uh, any any significant wins during your uh, time at Delaware? Uh, I guess one that I remember my senior year, we went to Steel City, which is the Pittsburgh tournament, and we ended up beating Pitt, uh, Eastern Michigan, and another team, I forget, oh, Penn State, I think, to win our pool on Saturday, but then we lost to Case Western on Sunday in our first crossover, but beating Pitt, I mean, Pitt was running pretty even lines. We were running more uh, senior heavy lines, I guess, but that was pretty cool. I was, anytime, anytime a college team beats Pitt, it's, they see that it's like a feather in their cap, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was at that, uh, no, I was at that Steel City with UConn. Was that the year that the mud froze? That it was super yeah. muddy and then in the morning the mud froze? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it was it was cold and windy on Sunday, I remember. Because we struggled with the wind on Sunday, but it was—I think Saturday was fine. But yeah, it might have been that year. Yeah, it was 2011. All right. Well, for those that don't know, um, um, Nard's specialty is defense. Um, he's a lockdown defender. Um, I believe you draw the other team's toughest assignments on a routine basis during uh, during the year for the Phoenix. Um, is is that the case? And uh, what are some of those tough assignments that you get? Uh, yeah, generally, yeah, uh, I draw the tougher assignments. Uh, me and Nate, the more defensive-minded coach, talk about matchups kind of leading up to the game. And uh, like I draw like Ron McDonald or uh, Alec Arsenault or Quentin Bono. Uh, New York, I either guarded, like, Jack or Grant. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good players. There were a lot of good players in the East and always felt good to try to contain the other the other team's best player or best cutter generally. I don't really guard handlers as much, but, yeah, that would be correct. No, no. Who's who's more difficult to cover, Grant Lisley or Rowan McDonald? Uh, I would say Rowan. Why is that? Because I think he's a little more potent as a thrower, and he can. Obviously, you've seen his all of his videos, his trick trick throws and all that. But he's uh, a little more elusive too. He always knows where to be, when to be. Not not saying that Grant is bad, but they're both very very good. No, they're, they're both they're both outstanding. That's why I mean, does it does it get frustrating for you to 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 uh, to draw these assignments since it's uh, it's almost like a baseball player where if you succeed thirty percent of the time you're doing really well, you know. And um, 
it's 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 got to at some point doesn't it does it weigh on you or is it one of those things where you you just thrive off the matchup each and every week? Uh, I think I mean it's tough mentally, obviously, because you're not like you said the offense is supposed to score. So, um, but little things if we can tire down the offense as much and have them make more throws. And then if my person doesn't get the disc as much or have as good of a game, I know that they're going to score and get assists. Like, that's just going to happen because they're really good players. But um, more kind of based on team strategy, we want to wear down the offense as much as we can. And who's your who's your favorite player to match up with in the AUDL? Who do you, who do you like to match up with the most? Like, which one do you look forward to? Uh, probably Rowan, just like what? I said. Yeah, but, okay. uh, just what I said earlier, just like he can do a lot. He has a lot of throws. He can cut deep. He can cut under. He's kind of their go-to guy for D.C., and D.C. is a really good team. Now, all right, on the on the flip side of that, who's your least favorite? Like, who gives – who's the most challenging player that you, you have to cover? Uh – Quentin Bono, Montreal is really good. Uh, he, I mean, he broke the record for goals per game or something like that. Like he just scores an insane amount. He's he makes everything look easy. All right. So, uh, as a member of the Phoenix since 2015, what's the biggest what's the what's the biggest difference between then and now? So it's changed owners, it's changed coaches a lot. Right now we have a much more stable uh, like organization from the organizational side. So Jeff and Christina have been great owners um, and they're really trying to make sure that we succeed and as an organization. So that's been a huge thing. And then on the field, like the coaches have stayed consistent pretty much through the last three years. I know I had said that had five different head coaches in five years, which is kind of tough, but and that shows you kind of how much turnover there's been over the years. And but I think the more consistent we get, and like our goals are kind of aligned, so um, it's been great to see that we've, even though we haven't necessarily put more wins on the scoreboard, but. I think we're making little gains, which is huge. What was the what was the toughest point at like your lowest point as a member of the Phoenix prior to coming into this season? Like when when did you question whether or not you still wanted to be on the team, if at all? And um when when like when were there were there any dark moments, dark hours where you you were like, What is going on here? Uh, I mean I wouldn't say dark moments, but like back when we so my first year we won one game, my second year we won zero. So the zero win year, 0-14, I played all 14 games. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of rough. <laughs> but, and just like getting people to get committed. So at that time there was Phoenix and Spinners. So like Spinners took most of the good players. Um, and just getting people to get committed to the Phoenix was kind of tough, I feel like. Uh, I don't don't know if they're really dark times, but we had fun and we did the best we could. So, and I always, I never really questioned on quitting 
just because I wanted to play the best the best and highest level that I could. And that was the Phoenix for me at the time. So um, it was just a great experience just to get to match up. Uh, and it definitely made me the player I am today. So I don't regret it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, speaking of high-level ultimate, you, you now play for AMP. Uh, the two-time national champion. So you've gone from the the the, uh, the zero-win season for the Phoenix to <laughs> the two-time reigning national champions in the mixed division. Uh, how 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 has that ride been? What kind of experience have you gained in big games that you're able to relate to the Phoenix uh, this upcoming season? And just overall, what does it what does it feel like to to uh, to be a two-time national champion? <laughs> It feels great to be a two-time national champion. Uh, every time I've been to nationals, I've won. So two for two. Um, before that, I played citywide, <laughs> which was great. But um, that means a lot. I, I mean, club is different than pro. But uh, just getting, like you said, the big game experience and playing in semis and finals and all that, um, maybe not playing as much as I do for Phoenix, but I still, you get to match up against arguably the best players in the mixed division, which is awesome. These teams are really good and um, always up for a challenge. And I've also like tried to transfer anything that I have learned from AMP and like and tried to relay that to Phoenix, which is great. But I, it relates, I think, just like, making myself a better player, playing against better players in the mixed division and playing against different players so that when I come back next year or when I come back for the Phoenix the following season that I'm a better player, better defender, better teammate. Now, the the word on the street has it that the Phoenix D-line is going to be uh, unleashing some more hucks this season to try to uh, create more breaks. And we all know that you like your uh, you like to unleash that big flick of yours. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, have you been given the green light to let her fly this year, or has there been any discussion uh, towards that uh, t- towards that ilk? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I've been. I mean, think the coaches trust me, and uh, my flick hucks usually work out pretty good. There's a few that haven't, but um, I do like my flick. And I think generally on defense, we're trying to be a little more fast break this year. Um, so that to catch the offense off guard if, when they turn it. And, yeah, I mean, we are trying to huck it more because even if you huck it and don't get it, like, they still – the offense still has to work all the way back down the field. It's better than, like, a backfield turnover, per se. But we're leaning towards that strategy as of now. But we'll see. I, I'm excited for the defense this year. All right. Now, how are you handling the isolation? I've been asking this to almost every every – player that we interview here on the burning bird I, I i guess i would be remiss if i didn't ask you like how are you handling the isolation with the coronavirus going on and what are you doing to stay sharp for the season uh so it's been tough i mean i've essentially been working from home for two weeks now and we can't really see anyone or do anything but our phoenix we've been working on that handbook that you guys talk about you know the hour per page uh we actually worked on it last. We worked on it last night, so a couple more hours. But 
trying to do that and I'm looking at film a little bit more um, with all this free time. And we've also been trying to be as active as possible in the group me with posting workouts. We've been doing fitness challenges to keep everyone kind of connected and um, keep the morale up. So it's been tough, but uh, I think we're managing pretty well. All right, and you talked about how you you like covering Mr. Bono, uh, or actually how he get, he gives you the most fits. You no longer have to worry about him. But is there a player in the uh, new Atlantic Division that you are like looking at down the road that you're you're interested in matching up against to see like what what you can do? Um, have you looked forward ahead yet? Have you looked ahead yet? Uh, yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean we played Pittsburgh two years ago, I think. And right. Max Shepard was I guarded him most of the game and he's a really good player and he uh did he win M V P? Yeah, right. Yeah, no? M V P yeah. 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 So matching up against him would be pretty cool. Uh uh Matt Smith is a really good player for the the hustle. And Raleigh has a ton of good players, so I don't even know who to pick for there. Um and we'll see about Tampa. Roney's a really good player. Uh, and then, obviously, Rowan. Did I miss any team? Uh, no, you hit them. You got them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you, 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 have your, uh, you have a new hit list. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> or what, what, do they, what do they say when they uh, – when, when either when a, uh, a cornerback intercepts a quarterback or a uh, – a pitcher, uh, a, a pitcher strikes out a batter. They put him in his in their book. You know what I mean? Like I, I got you. You know what I mean? You got a, you got a book of players that you 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 have that you've gotten over the years, and you got a new list of players to put in your book. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I I don't really keep a book. Maybe you do, Steve, but no. I definitely don't. Oh, I, I got a book, and it's thick, Bernard. I got to tell you that right now. <laughs> No, you're lots talking of, to lots of names. Lots of names in that book. I got a lot of people in my day. Is Jeff uh, going to? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Shaggy. No, you're talking to another two-time uh, national champion, Steve oh, Weiner. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I, I, I think I've heard that before. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever listened to one episode of The Burning Bird, I'm sure it's come up because it comes up every episode. No, I've listened. I've listened to every episode. Yeah, that's awesome. We're again, we're sorry for that. Yeah, it's entertaining for sure. <laughs> All right. So one one last question that I have for you there, Nard, is the number ninety nine. You wear it for Amp. You wear it for the Phoenix. What is it about the number ninety nine that you like so much, and uh, why is that your go to number? Okay, um, it's actually really random, but uh, I my old number was actually eleven growing up, like soccer I played soccer baseball and basketball and I tried to get 11 as much as I could and then I had 11 for sideshow at Delaware um and then when I came to I think citywide uh someone already had 11 and then my second choice was one someone had that so I picked a random I was like oh 99 like no one's gonna have that so I picked that and then I had it for citywide and then Phoenix Someone also had 11, so I just was like, all right, well, I guess 99 is my number now, so that's kind of where it came from. It's more of like, oh, like, I try to be – I know I'm going to make mistakes, but, like, hopefully I'll always be 
99, I don't know, effort and mentality kind of thing. 99 out of 100. Chag, you got anything over there, bud? Oh, man, I have so many things I want to ask Nart. Okay, I'll try and uh, I'll try and order them in a way that makes sense. So, Nard, do you still live with Ethan, Ethan Fortin? Oh yeah. Have you guys <laughs> have you guys talked at all about the fact that he uh, he's not on the team this year, or you just kind of like avoid that subject? Uh, we talk about it a little bit, but not really. I try to I try to pry as much and see if I can get some information out of him <laughs> about practice and all that. So don't leave yeah. the playbook laying around. No, nah, I'm trying to figure out who's going to be on that offense, you know. I uh, hear uh, Rico might be on offense, but we'll see. So, Nard, you were you led the team in defensive points, and you didn't play in every game either. Uh, I think you missed two games. You are 12th on the team in O points. You're fourth on the team in minutes played, but the three people above you have, like, fourteen and 1,500 minutes for the season, which that's, you know, uh, like 30 full games. So I think there might be something wrong with the with the stats there. So, but it, you know, suffice it to say, you're you're one of the workhorses of this team. Is that uh, something that you kind of relish and something that you really take pride in, or how do you feel about you know having all that playing time? Oh yeah, for sure. No, I definitely pride myself in being healthy as much as I can. Like I haven't had a really serious injury yet, knock on wood. But uh, I always try to give 100% and I do take pride and I got the Ironman for I know two straight seasons when I was back when I was 14 games uh it's like the Ironman award I got that twice last two I haven't gotten because of like coaching and weddings and different stuff but I've attended almost every game and I do play a lot so that's I'm always taking advantage of that opportunity so it's great Honestly, I can't complain. Sure. Um, so then you, for the spirit of the Phoenix, you picked uh, Trey Kassenbeck as your favorite Frizzy player. You know, you talked <laughs> about how he's taught you a lot about how to play an ultimate and just, you know, how to play sports in general. And then you picked LeBron as your favorite athlete uh, because <laughs> he is, I mean, he's like, he's been the greatest player in the NBA since he came in. But I would mm-hmm. not say that those are two similar players in their respective sports. I would not call, you know, LeBron the Trey Kasson back in the NBA, and I wouldn't call Trey the LeBron of Ultimate. So who do you think is the Trey of the NBA? And, and you know, conversely, who do you think is LeBron of Ultimate Frisbee? Oh, God. Uh, well, Vince, Vince, Vince Carter has to be the Trey of the NBA. That's, good pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess Vince Carter sounds like a good answer just because he's literally still balling at, what, 40? Like, I don't even know how old he is, but he's old. <laughs> he's 43. 43. That's insane. Um, but, sir, so we'll go Vince Carter there, and then LeBron of Ultimate. Oh, man. I don't know. At this point, I'd say maybe, like, Ben Yacht. Sure. Wow. Uh, I would have gone Jeff Babbitt. You gone Babbitt? Yeah, because he's, he's big. He's, he's thicker. Because of the stature. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know. He, he's a bigger guy. That's you know, true. but he, either either one is either one is good. Either one is that's it's your question to answer there, uh, Nard. I should have chimed in. That's okay. I mean, that's your <laughs> opinion. What Shaggy? What's your uh, who do you think a little Brown of Ultimate is? Well, 
the la- last year I probably would have said uh, Bo Kitteridge. He is, you know, one of the most accomplished players currently in the league. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Um, he that's he was one. the best player for a long time. And even now when people are starting, every time people seem to write him off, you know, he played the final points in the championship game. Uh, two years ago, he played on Universe Point in that Pony title game. So every time it seems to have mattered, uh, they, he's still being relied on. So I, I would have said him. And he's bounced around a lot, too, more than, you know, I mean, That's Vince true. has, but definitely more than Trey. So uh, I have one last question for you, Nard. And, and I if I tell the people your uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. <laughs> so Nard on Twitter is at Nards underscore Deli 11, uh, your number. You're, you're one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. I think you're one of the best tweeters I know, uh, specifically because unlike anyone else I've ever followed, you use these very long, elaborate hashtags. So as where someone else might say, like, hashtag, you know, quarantine life or hashtag play soon, your most recent tweet was hashtag we will get back out there soon and hashtag why will we play again. So can you explain to me your thought process behind this? And, like, I love it. I, I mean, I hope you never change it. But I am just curious, you know, what oh, made my. you take this unique approach? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I like the, the Twitter shout-out. Uh, I love Twitter. Um, but – and when I do tweet, I do have long hashtags. Uh, the thinking behind it, it's, like, kind of usually, like, a say – like, what I'm kind of thinking, like, as, like, like, a tangent kind of, like – when I do this tweet, say I tweet like, oh, today it's raining, but it'd be like hashtag, but I wish it was sunny, and then hashtag, and there's like multiple hashtags, like whatever kind of comes to my mind is what I put in the hashtag. So it's almost like stream of consciousness. Sure. I love it. I would definitely recommend everyone follow uh, at Nards underscore Deli 11. <laughs> it's really good. Sure. Anyone can follow. <laughs> All right. Well, Nard, thank you for joining us on uh, another episode of The Burning Bird. The next episode, we uh, we will be going over our first game of the week, the Toronto Rush at the Philadelphia Phoenix from May 19th of 2019. We're going to be going over the uh, different points of the game. We're going to welcome back Harvish Huck Meta into the fold. We're looking forward to that. and. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff planned for you, uh, for you, the fans, in the future. So stay tuned to the Burning Bird for Eric Nardelli and Alexander Shaggy Stragas. I'm Steve Liner. Thank you for joining us.